Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Thursday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson in the Southern Bancor Studio in downtown Laurel. Kelly Sander and producer Michael Mergens at the Southern Bancor Studio in Hattiesburg. Happy to have you all along. Patrick McGee. A little later on the show, we'll talk uh, some injured Saints players as well as the Saints sign a new running back, and uh, we'll talk some some Southern Miss uh, football as well with him. Later in the show, we are going to be giving away another pair of tickets to the Southern Miss-Northwestern State game coming up this Saturday at The Rock, so be sure to uh, continue to listen throughout the show where you have the chance to win two Southern Miss tickets. All right, it is Monday, or it is Thursday, and our first segment every day as this thursday brought to you by dickie's barbecue located in a community near you if you are going to tailgate at the rock need some great food dickie's can cater for you and of course if you eat in store you can have some of the famous kelly Sander approved soft served ice cream happy to have with us now in his 20th year the voice of the northwestern state demons patrick netherton he joins us Patrick, um, I, I know you're heading over today. Football team headed over tomorrow. I was looking back. These two teams have not played since 1999, but have played 22 times um, since. Yeah, I, it's it's one of those. It's kind of a mystery to me, to be honest with you. I don't I don't know why more uh, why these these teams don't play each other more often. It's an easy trip. It's right there, right outside of Louisiana. It makes perfect sense to me. But you know, I uh, just you know for whatever reason that that hadn't happened in a while. But I'm glad to be going back. Absolutely. So you guys zero and two um, took on uh, number two ranked Montana in the FCS and then lost to Grambling last week. What what's Brad Laird? What was his expectations of this team coming into this year? You know, it's really hard to say. Uh, he's in his fifth year, but it's almost a reset. Um, six new coaches, coordinators on both sides of the ball, uh, about thirty-ish guys that are that are new out of the portal or you know the JUCO ranks. So it, this is almost a reset of a of a season, which is kind of unusual in a fifth year. But uh, you know, it was it felt like it was kind of time to refresh everything, maybe modernize some things, and. So far, you're seeing growing pains. Um, you know, the Grambling game is a perfect example. New defensive coordinator and hold Grambling basically three quarters with, you know, four, seven points 
but they give up 27 in the second quarter. And then there was a blocked, uh, there was some special teams, it missed or a fumble return for a touchdown, which obviously is on the defense. So it's, it's kind of odd to watch that it's, it's a bit of a reset. You've got a 60 year quarterback who had never thrown a pass in five years of being, uh, being in college. So, you know, in all, for all intents and purposes, he's a rookie. And he's getting better, and you can see that. But it's it's just been sort of an unusual start to a season where you thought, okay, these these guys have talent. They've got guys out there that you think can can do the job. It just, as of yet, hasn't really come together for four quarters. And the mistakes that they've made have been incredibly costly ones. Penalties that are overturning you know big games turnovers, not forcing turnovers, and then, you know, a, a mental mistake, a mental bust defensively turns into an 80-yard touchdown, not a, oh, that's a 30-yard completion, get back in the next play. So that's kind of been the story of the first two games of the season, and I'm honestly very curious what this team's going to look like this weekend. Yeah. Kelly, uh, almost a, uh, a rookie quarterback, as Patrick said, in his sixth year, but Southern Miss will start a rookie as well this weekend. They will. And you talk about growing pains, Patrick Netherton. I want to, I want to derail here for just a second and talk about the Southland Conference because there's a conference that is going to continue to have some growing pains as other conferences, when they, when they go targeting other schools, for some reason they love plucking teams out of the Southland. Uh, you know, in, Incarnate Word and Stephen F. Austin and some of these other schools that may be headed, uh, are headed other directions. So what's the status of the conference right now? And, and hypothetically, where do you see it going forward? Well, I would have said six months ago that the conference was was uh, on life support. And um, as a matter of fact, McNeese was kind of the linchpin and knew it. Uh, McNeese was, had, had explored moving up to FBS. And if McNeese had left, then the conference is done. They don't have enough teams to qualify for, for the automatic bid. And so the conference was done. They knew it. So they kind of put the conference over the barrel a little bit. Uh, now all of our league championships are in Lake Charles for the, for the next couple of years. I mean, they, they worked a deal to stay. And then a new commissioner comes in, young, guy named Chris Grant, young and, and, and very aggressive. And lo and behold, uh, he convinces Incarnate Word not to leave. So Incarnate Word was ready to go to the WAC. They never left and turned around and decided, well, we're not going. We're coming back. And then he brought, um, uh, he brought Texas A&M Commerce in. They come in. And then he convinces Lamar to leave the WAC and come back to the Southland Conference. So the conference went from being on its last legs to being very strong and looking to potentially expand. Now, uh, the Southland is going out and getting other teams. You know, you're hearing rumors that Stephen F. Austin may come back to the league because they don't like where the whack is. Uh, there's rumors that Central Arkansas might come back to the league. Uh, that's I don't have any, you know, nothing concrete on any of that. That's just stuff you hear. Right. But it is pretty amazing. The conference has gone from literally uh, potentially disbanding to in a very real position of strength in the course of a couple of months. So much so that. Uh, all the football teams had to redo their conference schedules about a month before the start of, of football season because Incarnate Word came back and because Lamar went ahead and jumped ship from the whack and was ready to go uh, year one. So it's it's been wild to watch, but the Southland is now a, a very, very strong conference. 
You know, when you look at the Demons' uh, performance on the football field, obviously not what they had hoped. Basketball has been a struggle. Coach McConaughey retired after jokingly 100 years there in, in Natchitoches. But the baseball programs, not just at Northwestern State, but across the Southland, the baseball programs have always been extremely competitive with some of the best teams in the country. What is it about baseball, or maybe the Southland in particular, that makes that the case, Patrick Netherton? Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's the deep south, which always helps. You know, Texas uh, is, a, is a huge hotbed for baseball. And the, the level of baseball that's played at the, the junior conference level makes it, uh, makes it pretty good for teams to go out and get talent. There's a lot of talent out there. And kids understand that you can go anywhere and get found. Um, you know, there, there's a kid right now that pitches for the Oakland A's that came from Northwestern State, and, and you know, he was a, a reasonably high draft pick. Folks don't understand that you can go, and there's good baseball being played at this level, so they can go, and if a kid is good enough, the scouts are going to find him, and they're going to make sure he gets, it, gets into the majors, not to mention the fact that, uh, you know, try to go get on LSU's roster. Good luck. You know, there's, there's, there's only so many you get. The scholarship limitations being what they are in baseball, which is a whole different conversation that needs to be had. But it's it's so much easier to go and play at at the Southland Conference level and be competitive than you know you know you're going to start, you know you're going to get reps as opposed to going to an LSU or an Alabama or something like that, or even a Southern Miss and sitting the pine. Uh, just easier in a in a conference like the Southland. And that picture that he's referring to, Luke Johnson, is Adam Aller, who wore number thirty eight for the Demons when he was yeah. there. Good stuff. I, I need to apologize earlier. It's it's Thursday. My mind's about gone. Southern Miss and Northwestern State have not played s- since nineteen ninety nine. I, I kind of inferred mm-hmm. they played every year since then. Sorry for that, Patrick. All right. So so in a game like this, because we went to Miami last week and made mm-hmm. it a game until the third quarter. What what is Northwestern State? What do they look for? What is what is Brad Laird warning out of his team this week as they come to the rock? Well, I mean he's gonna want to win. Right. I mean every coach is gonna it doesn't matter what the scenario, they want to go in and win. That's that's just how coaches are are built. Us, on the other hand, the fans and the, the media and whatnot, you know, I, I just want to see improvement, right? You want to see improvement from game one to game two. And the problem was, you know, game one, Montana, number two ranked team in the country, would be competitive at a lot of, of uh, you know, FBS leagues, a group of five style leagues. They would be very competitive. You go in, you don't really do much offensively. Defense has a couple of plays here and there. You go to Grambling in Shreveport, which is allegedly a neutral side game, and you your offense makes some plays. You're, you're one pass away from being up 14 to nothing in the first quarter. Uh, you throw a pick in the end zone, and then things snowball. And again, NSU's defense held Grambling in check for the majority of the game. They gave up 25 yards of offense in the second half. Now, the game wow. was already out of hand at that point, so they're not exactly, you know, Grambling's not exactly getting aggressive offensively, but there's so many good things that happened. The bad things were just really, really bad. They were fewer, but a lot. But they were really bad. You know, 70-yard touchdowns and 80-yard touchdowns, things like that. So I think we just want to see improvement, right? You know, make it a game. Let's. Uh, you know, the Montana game was 13 points with two and a half minutes left to go in the first half, and it was 26 nothing at halftime. Yeah. Just be more competitive this week than you were last week. Good stuff. Well, Patrick, y'all have a safe trip over. We'll see you at the Rock Saturday. Thanks for coming on the Eagle Hour. 
You got it. It's Patrick Netherton in his 20th year the voice of the Northwestern State Demons as we get ready for football game. 6 o'clock, the Rock Saturday. Hey, stay tuned. We'll talk to Patrick McGee, and later you can win some tickets. Eagle Hour continues on a Thursday. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Good talking to Patrick Netherton, voice of the Northwestern State Demon football team. Two teams played every single year from 1930 to 1952, except for World War II years, but they've only played three times since 1999. Once in 84, once in 85, 1999. Series tied 11 and 11 in Hattiesburg, Southern Miss 6 and 5. In Natchitoches, Northwestern State, 6-5. and five. Southern Miss has a two-game win streak. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Campus Bookmark on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, as well online anytime you can shop, campusbookmark.net. Go down to the Big Easy. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com joins us. And, uh, yeah, Southern Miss playing uh, two Louisiana schools in a row. And, Patrick, just get your take. Yesterday, uh, Will Hall announces that uh, true freshman Zach Wilkie will start his second game in a row. No or on the depth chart. Wilkie won keys two. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, it makes a lot of sense. I was able to watch really a full half of him at quarterback the first half, obviously the best half, and I was impressed. I mean, I I just think it really put Hall in a position where he had to make that decision. Uh, I know he's been really cautious, doesn't really uh, want to put keys in a bad position or or anybody else on a depth chart whenever you kind of get, you know, jumped like that. I know Keyes is healthy at this point. But Wilkie really left him no option. <laughs> I mean, he was making throws that you haven't seen a Southern Miss quarterback making a bit, you know. Uh, even a Jack Abraham didn't really have that ability to hit guys downfield that consistently, and Wilkie was out there doing it uh, as a true freshman, and he didn't really look uh, nervous at all. He handled it all well. I mean, he, he looks like a guy that's worth, investing in and, and putting the time in and, and developing him developing him as the quarterback of the future. I'll ask you this question, Alice Kelly, and then Kelly can take over the questions. Um, so is this a situation, you, you don't want to get a situation where you ride the hot hand because you, you need consistency at the quarterback position. But, I mean, is this a case that, you know, if, if something were to happen this week or next week, um, and Wilkie doesn't perform. I mean, Ty Keys goes in sooner than later. Ask both of you guys that. Well, I mean, just my opinion. I, I think that, you know, they're, they're going to ride Wilkie. I mean, up to this point, Keys just hasn't shown that. And I know he's had limited experience out there. He's had injuries getting away, but he just hasn't really shown that, uh, uh, that ability to kind of get the offense rolling consistently. And Wilkie was able to do that pretty consistently through the game uh, against a really good opponent. So I, I, I just think they stick with Wilkie. I concur with that. I, I think that you might see keys if this game, you know, because for all practical purposes, the Eagles should win this game rather comfortably. Uh, and if they get out to a, a huge lead, then you might see keys, you know, take some reps just to protect Wilkie. But I concur uh, with Patrick. I think Wilkie is the guy until he does something, you know, blatant to lose the job. Yeah. Um, Patrick, let's turn the page to the Saints. What, what a game. Um, yeah, uh, Atlanta blows another lead. Imagine that. You know, it just happens. Saints couldn't do anything in the first half. Nothing. And then here comes Captain Jameis. Three drives in a row, leads you down the field. Marshawn Lattimore tried to lose it for the Saints at the end with a stupid penalty, but uh, they block a field goal. I guess just kind of, you know, where do you want to start unpacking what the Saints did Sunday? 
Well, I mean, it really wasn't. I mean, for three quarters, they were terrible. I mean, they're really, I mean, defensively, they were in a bad position, but they weren't even that great on defense. Um, it's, it was, it was, <laughs> it was, you're thinking, are they going to win five games this season? And then they hand it over to Jameis and go to that shotgun uh, uh, pretty much every snap, and that was the difference. He was making throws downfield that, that are really tough to make, and they were right on the money. I mean, he just – and he was doing it with a sore back. Uh, he went into the medical tent, and he's been a little bit limited in practice this weekend. It was a back issue. And, and I, I, it was pretty impressive considering everything uh, that, you know, that played out. I mean, Jameis played really well. And, uh, you know, he's still not making the, the big mistakes, the interception. So, uh, Saints fans have to be really encouraged by what, by the way, James finished that game out. Patrick, with the signing of Latavius Murray now, what, what does that tell you as to what the Saints are thinking offensively or about any particular personnel? Well, I, I think Mark, both, you know, uh, um, yeah, Kamara had a, re- a rib injury during the game. It's nothing that's supposed to come out of the game this week. And also Mark Ingram has been limited in practice this week. So it was really just a response to, to bring in somebody that they know is going to know the offense right away and be able to plug in. He's played, you know, he played well last season with the Ravens. Nobody, you know, we have a, a story up on our website and nobody really even called him after last season. I mean, nobody. It wasn't until the Saints called him here recently uh, to add him to the practice squad that anybody picked him up. I guess he just hit that age. Uh, to where people are ready to move on to younger backs. But uh, Latavius is a guy that can kind of help out right away. And here's something that I want to ask both of you guys, and and I noticed it in the Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game last weekend. The Bengals' offensive line, which they spent millions and millions to upgrade, still got Burrow sacked six times, but they were all in the first half. But what I noted about that is none of them had played a single down other than in practice prior to the season. And I thought that Jameis Winston and some of the Saints' problems could simply be related to the fact that they, they too, have, were not really showcased at all in the preseason. What's the point of playing all these preseason games? And I get it. You want to protect your starters. But, man, once your starters get in the game on opening day, they, some of them look terrible this past weekend. Yeah, yeah, I think it was more of a matter of uh, that, whether it's Jameis or some of these guys that just had injuries where guys missed practice so they weren't even practicing together all that much the saints weren't uh so i think that's what contributed to a poor two or three quarters there is it was just a group that had been on the field much uh as far as the defense goes they hadn't really uh done much tackling practice during uh they really tried to kind of you know take it easy on the guys so i think it was really just a matter of getting their feet under themselves and just kind of uh getting that experience together you saw michael thomas and winston really start clicking there late and they were struggling early on yeah, and we're going to talk more about uh, about the Saints' next game in a moment. But the other football team in New Orleans, a.k.a. the Breakers, are going to have a new coach next year where former Southern Miss head coach Larry Fedora has announced he is stepping down as head coach of the Breakers. Patrick, tell us more. Yeah, he, he basically said he wanted to step away and spend more time with the family. I'm sure it was a pretty big project. I mean, basically they had to put the entire team together. Uh, do the drafts and all that. So he had, they had to put the homework in. So it was a time-consuming deal, and I'm sure Larry Fedora would like to get back in the college game. That's where his experience is, or or maybe if he thinks he could catch on as even an analyst at the NFL level, something like that. So I'm sure Fedora's got other opportunities out there that he would like to, uh, to take advantage of. Patrick, let's look forward to this week. I mean, when you <laughs> – I don't think we talk too much about the Saints' schedule, but, I mean, you start with three division games. 
Two yeah. of them on the road. You you get Brady at home this week, then you mm-hmm. go to Carolina. I mean, and then you go to to uh, to the Vikings, um, who you know maybe uh, maybe a sleeper team in the NFC. You know, but Saints blew out yeah. Green Bay early last year, and we saw what happened. But I mean, yeah, then then you you got the Seahawks, and then you you know get the Bengals, and you look up, and you're halfway through October. I mean, it's it's a tough start. What what's your thoughts this weekend against Brady yeah. and the Bucks? Yeah, I mean, the way you look at it, I mean, it's three division games, and they send you to London to play the Vikings. <laughs> so it's uh, it's a weird schedule uh, to start out with three division games, and that's what really made the Atlanta game feel like a must-win game. Because uh, if you lose that team, the uh, team that everybody regards as the worst team in the division, that really is a setback, you know, because you got tougher games ahead. Uh, for them to come back and win that is was huge. Uh, but it's a tough schedule. Shoot, the Saints always play a tough schedule. There's no easy week in the NFL, as we all saw uh, was in Atlanta, so I mean it's it's a difficult schedule. It's less than ideal to play three division games right off the bat, but if they can get the ball rolling and kind of build momentum off the finish with the Falcons, it, it can be a positive. Yeah. In other words, you can catch some teams at your best. Less than ideal, absolutely. All right, one more Southern Miss question. Kelly may have something as we wrap up. Um, what 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 do you want to see out of the Eagles this weekend? Well, it's just. Go out there and handle your business. Just put it on them. Just beat the heck out of them. You know, I mean, that's this is a team that you're supposed to beat. You don't want to goof around too much. You want to get Wilkie out there and, and really kind of build on and give him more confidence and, and just get the ball rolling and run the ball. You know, they couldn't really run the ball to my, at Miami. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just getting out there and, and taking care of a team they need to beat. And this and this this will be the situation, too, that I think that not only the quarterback situation, but I think that Southern – should have a, a comfortable enough lead at halftime that that uh, Will Hall can go deep in the roster at just about every position. This is this is one of those games that it should not be a nail biter. And you know, from a fan standpoint, let's let's be honest. You know, the the caliber of the opponent is not what will bring out some traditionally fickle fans uh, to see a game. But the importance of a win cannot be understated. And I don't care who you're playing. Because you got two teams that, that have not experienced victory yet this year, and regardless of who it's against, that means a lot, you know, from a confidence standpoint. Then Southern Miss going down to Tulane, which you know the Green Wave really hasn't played anybody early on, Patrick, and I think that Southern Miss Tulane game is going to be a is going to be a good litmus test for both teams, even though it's a yeah, week it's, down the road. Yeah, it's it's going to be a big game. That's that's one that kind of you know is kind of the season kind of hinges on it in a way. Uh, it's a game that you're really going to kind of it's, – it's going to be a good judge of the te- both teams coming out. Yep, absolutely. Well, hey, buddy, thanks for your time. Uh, who that this weekend? Uh, Kelly, you, right. you're for the Saints against uh, Brady, right? <laughs> I would be against <laughs> Afghanistan. Well, I don't know oh, about that. I don't know oh. about that. I don't know about that. Really. Oh, Hey, Patrick, thanks yeah. for your time, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, y'all have a good one. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. We're going to take a break. Hey, come back. We are going to give away some tickets. Sounds good. See Southern Miss and Northwestern State. Don't go anywhere. Stick with us. Eagle Hour on a Thursday.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Fourth Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour. It's where me and a lot of the other uh, Southern Miss fans were watching the game last Saturday, enjoying some uh, breakfast menus, and I had the uh, just the traditional cheeseburger with bacon on top, with uh, some sweet potato fries. Big portions, great food, lots of good fellowship as well at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Booty hosted uh, trivia uh, last night. Everybody uh, had a good time. And if you're a Southern Miss fan and want to hang out with other Southern Miss fans and talk shop, so to speak, 4th Street Bar and Grill is where you want to go. The Eagles against the Demons this coming Saturday night at 6 o'clock. The weather forecast calls for bright sunshine, kickoff temperature of about 80 degrees. Should be perfect. Luke, let's make somebody a winner. Let's... Let's give somebody the opportunity to attend this game Saturday. Unless you're All listening right. to the podcast. Don't try yeah. listening to the podcast. It, yeah. yeah, we will be long gone from the uh, Southern Bancor studio. So if th- if you're on the podcast, the tickets have already, if you'll just like fast forward, you will find out in the fourth segment that somebody's already won. Anyway, back to the future. Here we go. All right, so if you are the second, not the first, the second person to text 601, 580-2256. The second person. You don't have to answer a question today. The second person to text. 601-580-2256. Text your name. And uh, if you're the second texter, guess what? You'll win a pair of tickets to see Southern Miss and Northwestern State this weekend. 601-580-2256. Not on the podcast. Kelly. Yeah, let's hope that uh, let's hope that somebody becomes a, a big winner here this afternoon to that game. The weather's not should not keep you away. Like I said, the weather should be perfect. So you got a team here, Luke, that the, this essentially we talked about the Eagles having a money game last week with Miami. This is essentially a money game uh, for the Demons. But all that all that being said, if Wilkie comes in and again we part of the fun of this show is we like to um, what if, you know, we like to hypothesize, if you will, you know, what might happen. So if, if Wilkie and the Eagles have a really good first half, don't, don't you think that it would, make, it would make sense for some of the other guys to maybe get in the game, if for no other reason, to protect the health status of your starters going forward? Yeah, and, and I think this game also is what you said uh, with last segment with, with Patrick McGee. We've been hearing all season long about how, you know, with the scholarships being raised, we were at 62, 63, now we're at 85. You're going to be able to see the depth. And and I think this is where you allow the depth um, to be able to, to be developed a little more. I mean, you look out there. I mean, we're starting a true freshman at, at right tackle this weekend as well as quarterback. But it's important to get some of those guys, even um, guys that you may not th- think you were going to play much. I mean, everybody still gets four games. So even if it's on special teams, I mean, you put dudes out there in a game. I can remember my first snap of my college career. I ran to the sideline, and I was like, wow, it it is different. You know, we were at Cal Berkeley, and I was just like, man, it it is different. And so there's nothing like you can stand there and watch games all season long, but until you get on that field and you don't see the the field horizontally anymore, you see it vertically. So this this gives us the opportunity. To your specific question, I I do think – the best case scenario is for Southern Miss to come out, score three or four touchdowns, uh, hopefully in the first half, and maybe send uh, you know the starters out for one possession in the third to, to get them to come out, and then uh, you know come out after a half, and and then start mixing some of those guys in there. And you you want to be able to do some of the things that maybe you felt like you couldn't do against the Miami front. So maybe you 
you maybe you you put a more complex uh, read in the passing game or something in there out there more times than not to to help Wilkie. I mean, that's what you're looking at. I mean, after all, I mean, th- this is an FCS team, but these are these are Division one athletes, and so uh, I think you you give yourself the opportunity to do that. So I would hope that we would see Ty Keys in this game. I would hope that we would, you know, see a guy maybe like Chandler Pittman be able to get the ball uh, a little more than he has in games one and two. And maybe maybe rest Frank Gore some too. And again, expose you know, keep his exposure limited, you know, to protect him from injury going forward. Now Luke, a lot of people know that that you're a minister as well. So you you administer administer to a lot of people. Um no, that no minister would be the term. You minister to a lot of people. So if you if you had a chance to talk to to Ty Keys after the announcement was made that he was not going to be the starter, how how would you minister him? Well, I mean, we're, we're always told it, it's not a question of you know if we face adversity; it's a question of when we face it. And sometimes we control or uh, we're responsible for the circumstances that come about us. I mean, he couldn't help it t- t- two weeks ago. That dude. You know, right. uh, crowned him in the jaw. Sure. I mean, it was a nasty hit. So it's not necessarily about what what creates the adversity. Some somewhat, it's how you respond to it. I mean, we, regardless of whether or not you did something um, to contribute to the circumstances you face, there's something that you can a hundred percent control, and it's your response. And so, the best thing that Ty Keys can be in this game is to to. Signal in plays as Zach Wilkie did the first couple first couple weeks to watch the game to help his quarterback you know to help his his brother out there to help him see things I mean that's one of the the benefits about having a, a guy that's already started games I mean he he is he has more starts than you he sees the game a little more and I feel like that's kind of what Trey Lowe's been to both of these guys so it's it's about your your career isn't over. Because you just weren't named the, the starter in week three of your redshirt freshman season, it's an, it's an opportunity, you know, to develop some some character on his part too. And you got to know, man, like Mitch Williams and and the support staff, and even guys on the team, like Frank Gore Jr. You know, they they got to be uh, they got to be encouraging Ty as well, and I'm I'm pretty sure they have been. And I'll tell you where I think college athletes, Division One athletes, are different than other athletes as well, is that they get it. All right. When you're in high school, you've still got parents, you know, up in the stands talking about, well, you know, why isn't my kid playing so on and so forth. But when you get to the division one level, I think even the parents know that this is it's a business now Um, that it comes down to, you know, who truly are the best players. It's not who gives the most money to the booster club. It's not the person that buys five ads on the outfield fence. You know, it's not the son of the principal. Or what have you. This is this is the real world, and I think that that Division One athletes understand that, and I think deep down inside, that's the way they want it to be, because that way they are directly rewarded for the effort that they put forth, regardless of what anybody else does. And I think that's where Division One athletes are different, and I think that's what the challenge is going to be for coaches going forward, because as younger athletes continue to kind of come up. There's going to be more and more of these, you're seeing more and more of these helicopter parents, as they're termed, that are always going to make sure that little Johnny, you know, has his uh, nest feathered, even if it's not by him. They're going to try to make sure that little Johnny gets taken care of. So I, I agree with you. I think that, that Ty will respond uh, in, a, in a favorable way and, um, and in a way that, that will 
reward him later on down the road, wh- wherever that might be and whenever yeah, that might be. There's, it's interesting we're, we're facing this situation. I can't remember exactly the term it is, but they, they've got it written in a lot of places, and I'm kind of, kind of embarrassed because I think it's a Hebrew term, but um, Ankar has it, I think, on his social media, and I, I couldn't find it there for a second. But basically they've been throwing this word around inside Southern Miss football, and, and the word literally means to celebrate the successes of, of others, and that was kind of it's kind of been like their mo in the off season leading into this season. Meaning, if for for like a situation like this, or it could be that you know your buddy gets a pick six, or or somebody else, uh, you know, you you uh, take a, a offensive lineman on, and so it frees up the outside backer, and he comes in for the sack. I mean, get excited that the team did something, not just you. And so this is one of those situations where you know the whole team can can see a clear case of. You know, uh, a guy who wasn't starting is, is starting now. Same way at right tackle. I mean, Paul Gainer's a, a redshirt junior, and now Barnes is starting as a redshirt freshman. I mean, or as a true freshman, it is celebrate the successes of others, and and it goes back to when Will Hall stood in, in Reed Green Coliseum and was introduced from Jeremy McLean. He said on that day, his goal was not just to win football games; it was to develop men to be solid citizens, solid fathers, solid brothers, um, solid parents. Um, solid dads, and and so uh, the idea of of something like this, where you can celebrate something as a team, even if in some ways it hurts you as a person, that's how you grow those type of men. It's called maturity, isn't it? And I think uh, lots of times, you know, it, it hits different guys at different times, and you hope that it's that it's not too late. You know, I mean, you got these some of these guys that are still living in the basement of their parents at age uh, 35, and you're going, well, sooner or later they're going to grow up and they'll mature. But this game in particular, football is a heck of a way to make a living, yep. both as a coach and as a player, and uh, and you'll you'll have to mature. Um, congratulations. We should say, man, lots of people blowing blowing up the uh, the text line. So so good stuff there. Kyle Moffitt of Laurel is our Southern Miss Northwestern State football ticket winner. He was the second person to text. So Kyle Moffitt of Laurel, congratulations. You've won two tickets to this coming Saturday's game uh, against Northwestern State for Southern Miss football. We'll be in touch about how you can get your tickets. Let's give some more away tomorrow. Sounds good. Yeah, we've got some extra tickets uh, for tomorrow. One of the the toughest leagues in America, in fact, they deem themselves the toughest league in America, the Mississippi Association of Community College Conference has a full slate of games tonight. Jones and Pearl River both looking very good. Both of these teams feed players to Southern Miss. We've, We've seen the... The outcome of some of those uh, guys playing for Southern Miss. We're going to talk about that conference and about some of the players that have come from that conference, including tonight's full schedule in the MACCC when the Eagle Hour continues after these commercial messages. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment of today's Eagle Hour sponsored by D1 and D-Bat. We're now past 
the the main travel season for baseball and softball, but you can always stay in shape off-season-wise. You can work on your speed and agility. You can work on strength if you want to, or you just want to stay in shape in the cages, whether it's softball or baseball. You can try out their pitching machines, which throws curveballs, change-ups, fastballs, however way you want to set it up. D1 and D-Bat is ready for you, and all of their facilities meticulous, clean, particularly after COVID. You can feel a lot safer about using the facilities um, at D1 and D-Bat than any other place, and it's located uh, just off the just off of Interstate 59 on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. The Mississippi Association of Community Colleges Conference, the MACCC, has a full slate of games tonight. Uh, Jones and Pearl River in the Hattiesburg-Laurel area, the two closest schools. Both of them are undefeated. And, Luke, it's important, I think, every once in a while that we mention schools like this because Southern Miss is uh, reaping the benefits of having really good teams consistently out of Jones. And Seth Smith apparently has a pretty good team at Pearl River this year. Yeah, I mean, one of the guys on the defensive front so far for Southern Miss, Brodarius Lewis, played at Jones last year. Latrell Frog Jones from Taylorsville starting as he was from Pearl River, starting for Southern Miss uh, this weekend. So, yeah, it's full slate tonight. It's kind of, you know, when you look at the North, uh, Cahoma's 2-0. Northwest, always good. They're 2-0. East Mississippi, Holmes and Northeast, all 1-1. Itawamba, 0-2. Delta, 0-2. In the South, as you mentioned, Jones and Pearl River, both 2-0. Colin, 1-1. Mississippi Gulf Coast, Southwest, 1-1. East Central and Hines, 0-2. Tonight's games... Uh, East Mississippi at Holmes, and and Holmes kind of, you know, one of those teams. Kelly that did the option forever. Now they're kind of spread, and uh, it, it's it'll be interesting to see after uh, Jones really manhandled East Mississippi last week. See how see how they respond. Northeast at Itawamba, Cahoma at Delta, Hines at East Central, Northwest at Pearl River. That's the game to watch. Two undefeated teams. Southwest um, at Perkinson against Mississippi Gulf Coast. We'll be headed uh, tonight to uh, Wesson as Jones travels to Colin. Mark Easley and I on the call. Just if you're listening to the Jones game on Super Talk Laurel, uh, because of the Kiffin Show, uh, 99.3 won't pick up the broadcast until 7 because kickoff's at 6.30. You, you were talking about uh, the Bulldogs there at, uh, at Holmes. Of course, new coaching staff has come in, including William Jones, the defensive coordinator, one time at East Mississippi, one time the head coach at Pearl River. So I think once Marcus Woods and, and, and William Jones and those guys are up there for a little while, I think Holmes will get things completely turned around. It was by far the weakest team, I think, last year in the MACCC. I don't think that'll be the case this year. I think you'll see them get better as the year goes on. But a couple of things uh, jump out to me. And when we look at when we look at the MACCC so far this year, number one is the fact that Hines is out of the gate 0-2. That, that's just very... Not not very typical uh, of the Eagles. I think you're seeing the the strength of Jones. I think right now that Jones, the, by virtue of the fact that they're not just winning games, they're they're just slaughtering teams. I mean, they, they appear to be head and shoulders better than than anybody else. And I think you'll see a lot tonight out of uh, uh, how good is Pearl River. Uh, now they did go on the road to beat Northeast uh, last week and won against. Holmes in the opener down at Pearl River, but I think tonight you've got two nationally ranked teams. It's been a while since Pearl River has has been ranked, and uh, one of the things that, that I always get a kick out of, a great trivia question is when Pearl River last played for the national championship, I think it was 2004, maybe 2009, somewhere in there, but they played Butler 
Butler Community College out of Kansas and the quarterback for Butler. Have I told you this question before, Luke? I don't think so. Okay, the quarterback for Butler was Zach Taylor, who's the head coach, <laughs> head coach of the Bengals now. Wow. So it is amazing how this conference – right here in Mississippi, uh, brings so much uh, notoriety and produces such great players. And I think that, and I really applaud Will Hall and his crew for going after some of these guys. And the thing about the junior college ranks, and it doesn't matter what sport, if a Division I school comes to recruit you out of junior college, they are recruiting you for two reasons. One, there's an immediate need. And second of all, there's an immediate need for what you do and what your skill set is. So there's a really good chance that you're going to get to start at the D1 level if they come and get you out of junior college. Whereas if you go D1 right out of the gate, you know, you don't know what you don't know what might happen. So I don't think the the junior college experience should ever be discounted. No, and, and I can tell you multiple games last year, I would look down there from the press box um, and see Will Hall and Ar- Austin Armstrong on the sidelines watching. And uh, Jones has got a good one. What I love about this is is when we have local kids that are excelling such uh, – Robert Henry right now, national leader. I mean, he's got uh, – I think he's right at 410 yards and seven touchdowns through two games. And from he's- Lumberton. Yeah, and I was going to say, out of, uh, playing for Jones. Yeah, now, what, playing for Jones, and uh, he was the National Player of the Week last week. So where's he going to end up, Luke, if you had to say? I don't I mean, I haven't – you know, we're only in week two. Yeah. I, would, I would suspect there would be some coaches tonight in Wesson, Mississippi, watching him run. Yeah, well, those type of numbers, they're going to raise some eyebrows, you know, for sure. Absolutely. Hey, uh, we're going to give away some more tickets tomorrow. Congratulations to Kyle Moffitt as he won those tickets today. Bob's back tomorrow, so we'll have the whole gang back as we get ready to do some picks and uh, some high school previews tomorrow. And then, of course, we'll get ready for 6 p.m. on Saturday. Eagles taking on Northwestern State. We'll catch you tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And as always, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.